Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of 3 degrees in Edmonton, 5 degrees in Calgary, minus 10 degrees in Saskatoon, and 8 degrees in Toronto. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you, Evie. Hey, good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Uh, if you want to listen to the live show, download that Podbean app on your phone, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and you'll get notified at 6 a.m. Mountain Time when we're live. And uh, if you can't make it to the live show, you can totally still listen to all the uh, the recordings of all the live shows on iTunes and Spotify. Just, yeah, you know how to find it. Indeed. It's, uh, it's free coaching every morning. So when you join in live, though, you have the ability to ask questions in the chat or to click the call-in button and ask any questions you want, and we'll, we'll answer it for free. So if you want to get the most value, um, definitely join in live. It's a much better routine. And, a much, <laughs> and also uh, you also get the benefit of getting your questions answered for free, which is, you know, um, coaching isn't cheap. It's not cheap. And... Um, we want to make sure that everyone has access to free resources um, so you can still get moving and, and not have to spend money. All right. We got to uh, want to say good morning to our, to our friends. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I have no clue who made it first because it definitely wasn't me, but we have JD in here this morning. Good morning. We have Listina and Eric, of course, who are, uh, dominating the the um, top fan board, by the way. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about top fan? No, 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 can't touch them. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> sure, yeah, we could talk about top fan. So um, within the Podbean app, um, when you join us live, uh, there is a little heart button, kind of like giving somebody a heart on social media. You can um, click the little heart button here in the Podbean app every, I believe it's 300 seconds. So there's a little countdown and then it allows you to hit it again. And every time you hit that heart, it gives you um, points towards uh, top fan status. You can also share the show to social media. You can um, engage, you can call in, you can, all the ways that you engage with the show gives you um, hearts towards your status of um, top fan for uh, this particular live show, as well as it accumulates for the month. So at the end of the month, so on the first, uh, we do a draw for the top five fans from the previous month. And first place gets five ballots, second place gets four ballots, Third place gets three ballots. Second place gets, I mean, fourth place gets two ballots. And fifth place gets one ballot. I was like, this time I'm not going to mess it up. And I messed it up. It's hard. But anyways, we throw all those ballots into a uh, draw and we pull a name. And uh, the, the winner gets two free coaching calls with Wayne or myself. Oh, right. We're not doing that anymore. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, this month, what you're going to be getting is a free ticket into the Burr, Burr Workshop on April 22nd. Yes. Sorry, I'm so used to it. You normally go through the top fan now these days, so I've, I blundered, but that's okay. Um, yeah, uh, entry into the Burr Workshop on April 22nd. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be a deep dive into the Burr Method. and um, Lots of guest speakers, and we're going to have lots of case studies. Yeah. Um, all about how you can recycle your real estate investment funds or your partner's funds and get infinite returns. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Um, and if you don't win a free ticket for that, you can register for that on Eventbrite. Um, again, April 22nd. It's online, so anyone can attend. And it's a full-day workshop. Awesome. 
Okay. So we also have Alan joining us this morning. Good morning, Alan. Good morning to Denny and Mitch. Good morning, Elray and Garrett. Uh, Garrett says, hey, y'all. Yeehaw. He's uh, feeling good this morning, I guess. Wow. <laughs> it's a whole lot of energy in that, that little uh, sentence there. Good morning to, who else do we got here? Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Paul. Good morning to Courtney. She says, happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Good morning, Scotty P. Good morning to Justin. Uh, Robin says morning, but I feel like he's saying morning. No? Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Leo. Oh, we have a, a scrambled user. Don't know who they are, but good morning to you. Yeah. Awesome. Good morning, Sheila and Jeff. Morning, everybody. Um, so of those uh, cities that you did the weather on, it looked like uh, <coughs> Saskatoon was the coldest, eh? Yeah. Saskatoon in this moment is like the feels like weather is minus 27 at this moment. Wow. Yeah. Poor, poor Saskatoon. Poor, poor Saskatoon. We got more good news from Saskatoon as well. What's that? Big headline. What's that? Saskatoon's just taking a deep sigh right now. Saskatoon real estate agents accused of mortgage fraud. Ooh. Breaking news. A pair of Saskatoon real estate agents have been charged with multiple counts of fraud following a two-year police investigation. The investigation started more than two years ago, according to police, after falsified banking documents that were submitted with several mortgage applications, Saskatoon Police Services uh, said in, in a news release. Investigators found eight applications which included false documents at one financial institution. The SPS, Economic Crime Section, sub... sub <clears throat> Subsequently, executed search warrants in the 200 block of Palliser Court, 3400 block of McLaughlin Road, and the 1100 block of 8th Street East. Investigators found additional fraudulent documents connected to mortgage applications at several other financial institutions. <clears throat> On Wednesday, a 42-year-old man turned himself in to the SPS headquarters in connection to the investigation. He's charged with 17 counts of fraud, over 5,000. Another man, 36 years old, turned himself in on January 9th. He is charged with two counts of fraud, over 5,000. Wow. Yep. So these were, does it say, like, these were for their, like, their own purposes, like, their own properties that they were submitting these documents for? Very cryptic. Okay. Because if they're mortgage brokers, like, wow. No. Realtors. Oh, realtors. Sorry. Okay. Eight applications with false documents were discovered at a single, at one financial institution. Uh, an investigation by the police services economic crime section led to police executing multiple search warrants and seizing more fraudulent documents. Um, a representative at Affinity Credit Union said it's a kind of a tangled web. What we see is people come in with fake employment letters or things like that to obtain credit with us or with any other financial institution, and then they can't support the payments after the mortgage has been approved. And uh, they said there's always a realtor involved or a broker or a lawyer, and they exchange funds in between themselves. Um, they would not say how much money was involved in the alleged fraud or how many bogus applications were submitted with Affinity Credit Union. Um, because the investigation is ongoing. Wow. So um, they're basically just saying that they've arrested people at this point. Um, but I'm sure that if we stay tuned, oh yeah, there'll be a lot more details coming out. Crazy. Saskatoon. Poor Saskatchewan. <laughs> the amount of, of headaches that have come out of that province in the last year and a half. My goodness. Crazy. Good investment opportunities, though. <laughs> That's why everyone's trying to scam their way in. <laughs> oh, man. Kyle says, could be worse. LOL. 
Yes, it could. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll see, Kyle. This is just breaking news right now. We'll yeah. see how bad it gets. <laughs> we got a um, very nice uh, iTunes review that I wanted to read as well. Hell yeah. Um, guys, if you if you guys got an Apple iPhone or if you got a computer and you guys got a computer with iTunes on it or uh, Apple Podcast on your iPhone, um, please head over to iTunes and uh, make sure you subscribe to the show and leave a rating and a review. It takes 30 seconds, but it goes a long way for us. Um, headline uh, for this or the, the, the review was actually useful and real people. I've been following the show for some time now. It is done by people who are actually in the business, on the ground, hands-on investors. They live in the same city as I am and nothing flashy. Great people to do mentorship with people with great people to do mentorship with because many times I stopped the show because it got technical and I had no idea. <laughs> Cosmetic content everyone can bring. But these guys are genuine with real actual real techniques with visible results and nothing too dramatic or flashy. So we're not flashy. Okay. We're definitely not, we're flashy. definitely not flashy. Got it. Um, would recommend a hundred percent and I just joined the mentorship. So I am following my own suggestion. Oh, that's great. Love. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that. And, um, thank you everyone else for, for sending in your uh, reviews and subscribing to the show as well. Um, making sure that more people find the show, making sure more people get access to free coaching. That's what we want. Absolutely. Now, who wants some free coaching today? Don does. Don, Don does? <laughs> All right. Don's got a question. Great. And do we have any leftover from yesterday? <clears throat> There's a couple questions from yesterday. Okay. Um, let's take a quick little break here. Um, and then we will get back to those questions. If you have any, please um, uh, put it in the comments. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. That workshop's tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, uh, I got a little um, presentation I'm doing for a uh, real team in Calgary this morning. Um, and then I'm pretty much getting ready to go. I'm getting right on the road to this morning here. So um, if you want to still get in on that, it's not too late. There is, as of last night, one spot left at Barry's Wholesaling Workshop in Calgary. Um, you can use the coupon code REI Masters, and you will get approximately 30% off. I, I, I say approximately because I don't know if it's actually 30%. <laughs> All I need to do is check. <laughs> <clears throat> that is true, but I just haven't uh, got around to it yet. So um It'll be fun. How much am I actually getting it off? You're like, um, you'll find surprise. out. You'll find <laughs> out. Surprise when you enter it in. Um, yeah, de definitely looking forward to that tomorrow. Um, I was going over my notes as you can see, Gab. I printed off all my uh, my role plays for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, lots of role playing at uh, Barry's workshops um, the for the for the focus team, not the uh, participants. Yeah. Um, the um, the focus team gives lots of different examples of scenarios, and um, you get to watch. You get to watch experts um, actually play it out on how it would actually um, how it would actually happen when you when you go and approach a seller. 
um, and what kind of things they say and what kind of problems, you know, that they need to have solved. So a lot of fun. Um, well, look at, look at the size of that role play. Yeah, that's insane. It is insane. I got to memorize that. It's like a short story. It is a short story. <laughs> um, but I get to, I get to live up my dream of being an actor. It's true. And you always get called back. <laughs> when you're good, you're good. Yeah. Um, Wayne, I made a point of saying that because you, you said for the role playing um, tomorrow, and I made a point of saying that it's the focus team doing the role playing, not the participants, because I used to be one of those people who if there was event and like in the description, it said that there was going to be role playing, I would not attend. I would stay as far away as I possibly could. Like that was one of those things that was so uncomfortable to me that if I heard a little like inkling that there's going to be role playing involved, no bueno, no Gabby. Yeah. So I just wanted um, to. Yes, yeah, so you better leave before 2.35 tomorrow. <laughs> What's that 2.35? That's role playing. Everybody's going to be doing role playing. <laughs> Oh, is everybody yeah, doing role playing? There is, okay. There is. Okay. They usually do like a little team. Like they they put all everybody together in like groups of like five or something. Yeah, the, the table, table will be doing role playing with yeah. the, the focus So team. like don't worry. You can hide in the shadows of your group. I actually recommended <laughs> to, to Barry and Donna that someone go up on stage there and 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 do a role play with a focus team member. Um so that way they can actually get experience. And you know what? Um, I know it sucks and you don't want to do it in front of everybody, but isn't that exactly what you need to get good at? Yeah. Playing out, you know, the conversation with a real person because it doesn't matter. Like you can watch everybody do it on stage and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. Then you go home and then you don't do it Yeah. because, you know, a seller finally opens the door or calls you back and says, yeah, I'm interested in selling my house. And then you start like freaking out because you don't want to talk to them. You don't know what to say. Absolutely. It's kind of part of the business. You're selling solutions and you got to be comfortable going door to door selling that shit. Yeah. Peddling it. And the only way that I got comfortable, well, I wouldn't say that I'm comfortable in role play situations now. I still hate them. But the only way that um, I became not absolutely terrified was being forced to do them at my last job. Like every time we had training workshops and stuff, mm -hmm. we always had to do them. And so, yeah, like being being pushed out of your comfort zone. You betcha. Hashtag growth. <laughs> do people do that anymore? Except Gabby. Say hashtag something. Mm. Not so much. Mm, not much. Okay. <laughs> um, Ken says it would be awesome to have a focus team member call a lead in front of the participants on speakerphone. Yeah, that would be pretty cool if you had, if someone came with a lead. Mm -hmm. uh, they bring a lead if you're going to the workshop. Bring a lead. I'll do it. I don't mind. I got to put my Grant Cardone voice on though. I um, <laughs> I uh, I Wayne, this character known as Wayne, um, is not good at sales. I'm not. I'm I'm terrible at sales. I'm too empathetic. I'm too, I care too much. And um, this version of Wayne uh, doesn't. Doesn't is, sell. Well, it's not that he doesn't sell. It's just that people aren't receptive of, of sales approaches. It's just the way that I, it's the way that I present myself. It's not the type of person that someone would buy something from. And I'm okay with that. I understand who I am, who I've, who I've decided that I want to be, um, and how I want people to receive me. Um, but I'm aware and I'm not, um, I'm not oblivious to the fact that this, I would not buy anything off me and most people wouldn't. However, when I need to sell, there is like a, an alter ego there's an alter, like there's a different, there's a different version of Wayne that is a little more fluid. He says, he says, buddy, a lot. He says, you know what I mean? Oh, come on, man. Come on. You can't be serious. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. No, you're not. You're telling me right now that you wouldn't 
You know what I mean? There's a little bit of a, there's a little more charm. There's a little more confidence. There's, there's, in most cases, Wayne would normally just let it be and not push someone. But then, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. And and I, I, I say, like, you know, kind of pull out a little bit of the Grant Cardone because I listen to a little bit of Grant Cardone before I go into meetings like that. It's because I, I need to be more comfortable doing things that I wouldn't normally do. Um, and I say I, it's it's a different um, – there's a word for it. I just can't seem to put it together. Um uh, I talk differently. Yeah. And different words, different way of putting words together. Um, and it's it's just what needs to be done in order to get the outcome that I want. And that's what I used to do whenever I was doing wholesaling or looking for agreement for sale deals. I'd have to do it. I would have to basically put a new hat on, a new face on, um, f- so that I can get the outcome. Because I learned that Wayne, Wayne, it doesn't, it, it didn't work. People didn't receive it the, the way that it needed to be received. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's something uh, to, to think about when when you're in a sales position. If you if you don't if you don't do sales on a regular um, basis, or you for anyone that says, "Oh no no no, I'm not good at sales," I understand. There, there's, there's, there's you saying there's, there's the BS excuse that you, you know, I don't do sales. I'm not very good at it. That's, that's a limiting belief. You can change that. But if, if we can be honest with each other and look at how you speak when you're trying to sell someone something and, and we both establish that, <clears throat> Hey, you're the way that you are, the person that you are would not be a very good salesperson. Like the, because people aren't receiving it the right way then that's fine. You just need to understand that you need to come up with a different version um, of yourself when you need to sell. Because the ver- you, your character not being a good, um, not being a good salesperson is not an excuse for not selling. You just got to come up with a solution. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I just, I, I learned that like, hey, this, this version of me just, just is not going to, it's not going to sell high ticket items. It's not going to sell solutions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to develop a different version of me that made sense. That wasn't also, it wasn't too at the top because you also don't want, um, you don't want to sound um, uh, unauthentic. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It needs to make sense. So anyways, it's a little complicated, but um well, the reason why I said all that was because someone brings a wholesale deal or a lead <laughs> to the workshop. Um, they're gonna they're gonna hear Wayne and they're gonna be like, "That's not Wayne." <laughs> um, and it's just it's it's a it's a switch. I just switch it. I click it on and I do it, and then I click it off and I'm done. Sometimes it takes a little while. There's a little bit of priming um, and prep that needs to happen. Um, sometimes I'll throw an audio book or a certain video or. Uh, on or something like that in my earphones and uh, and I'll just listen to it for a little bit just so I can get back into it because I don't do it on a regular basis. I don't do sales. I don't sell very much. I, I do I do in a few of my businesses. I have to, but I try and do it in like a campaign kind of mode, meaning, um, okay, this week I need to get this many clients um, and I'm going to spend the whole week on this particular business and this task and I'm going to have this script and this is all I'm going to do. Um I'll give you an example just before we get into this question that we had here. Um, have you ever, <clears throat> um, people do this all the time. They just don't realize it. If they did it in school, you know what I mean? When you start hanging out with a certain crowd, you know, the the alpha or whatever, you know, spoke a certain way, then everybody in that group starts speaking a certain way. You know I mean? Same kind of mannerisms, same kind of like little catchphrases and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it also applies when, if you guys ever, if anyone watches comedy or listens to comedy, have you ever noticed that afterwards you kind of emulate that comedian a little bit? Uh, you might be listening to Chris Rock and suddenly you notice that you're a little more twangy, a little more high pitched um, as opposed to when you listen to George Carlin. And then it's just like, you know, it's it's a little more grunty and deep and it's, or you listen to Eddie Murphy and it's completely different or you listen to this and the Dave Chappelle, but you, what you'll, you, you'll, you'll listen to it on your own and then you'll go talk to someone. It's almost like you're kind of talking like them. You, your, your, your personality kind of changes a little bit. 
you know, you're the, the way you uh, make jokes is a little bit different and uh, play around with it, play around with it. Go listen to a comedian for an hour this morning. And, and if you're in a good mood, just watch and see how you speak and then listen to a different comedian the next day, you'll be a different person slightly. And just little things like that you can change when you're, when you're trying to go into a, um, um, a meeting or something like that where you need to be just slightly different. I recommend just putting headphones in and listening to someone else. And you'll find that you start emulating them a little bit more and you start talking a little bit differently. Wayne, I don't think it's any different than doing really anything outside of your regular skill set or your comfort zone, really, is when you know you have to do something that isn't part of your regular routine, you usually have to like pump yourself up. Mm -hmm. If it's like even just like making a hard phone call or, you know, like maybe like going live on social media when that's not something you're comfortable with, like you give yourself a little like pep talk. You're like, I can do this. I got this. Like, I'm capable of of doing hard things. And, you know, you, you give yourself that little amp up and then you like hit the call button to make that hard phone call or whatever it is. I think it's no different. It's just in a little bit different context, like listening to somebody who's who's going to give you the skills that you need or like whatever it may be. But yeah. yeah. Um, humans are, we're, we're like chameleons. We can change very easily. You get a new friend and suddenly you ever notice that like someone kind of changes when they hang out with a different crowd? Yeah, 100%. When I moved to Edmonton, I um, became pretty, like really good friends with somebody that I worked with at the hotel that I was working at. And she was so sarcastic that I actually started like, like picking up on, on her sarcasm and like using it all the time. And the people who knew me were like, what's going on? Like actually called it out on me. Really? And I was like, holy shit, like this isn't who I am. This isn't a good trait to have. I'm not like a sarcastic asshole. You just said something though. You said, that's not who I am. So people can, you can change 1000%. and still be yourself. You can still be Gabby, but you can change almost on a surface level very easily. Yeah. Just by what you surround, like what you're exposed to. Yeah. And I just like, for, when you say that's not me, I, I just want to, for someone that says I'm, that's not me, I'm not good at sales. I'm just saying that you can. It's very easy if you just, if you hung around in, in a sales room with a bunch of salespeople for six months and that's all the people you hung out with in, in some sort of a call center or, something like, circle, yeah. or a dealership or something like that, or, you know, that's your circle, you'll notice that you'll start to talk differently and you will become a salesperson. Yeah. In, in my case, it was something negative. Like I was, it was a negative uh, thing that I had picked up. That was like, didn't, it didn't feel good. Once it was called out, I was like, wow, I'm being a shitty person. I'm being, I'm being judgy and sarcastic. Like nobody right. wants to learn that trait. <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. And I actually like, I'm, I'm no longer friends with that person. I was like, this is, this is not a good thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chaston, uh, sneak, snuck, snuck into the room a little bit late and he's going to be very unhappy to hear that I read, uh, the article about the Saskatoon mortgage fraud. <laughs> he was snoozing through it yeah he slept through it um <laughs> uh, goodness gracious uh you'll have to listen back to that one it's a recording um okay so uh alan asked a question the other day he asked in ontario there are websites that show comparables and recent sold prices for example zucasa and house sigma i never heard of them uh, are there such sites for Alberta or comparables or do comparables uh, have to be through realtors? As far as I know, no one has showed me anything different yet. Um, if you want to get sold comparables or recent sold prices for houses or properties, you have to have a realtor debt. Unfortunately. I think there's, um, I've heard rumblings um, within the last year of people talking about sites where um, they're not the most recent ones, but something like if they're more than six months previous or something that they'll be recorded on certain sites. Yeah. Um, but for the recent, recent ones within the last like 30 to 30 six. days to six months. The um, most relevant? Yeah, the most relevant ones need to be pulled through uh, whatever portal the realtors have. Mm -hmm. um, but tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. I, we, it, we're not sure. It's totally possible if they can create one in Ontario, then they can create one here. 
Um, Paul had a question as well the other day. He said, on another note, how much demand are builders, flippers seeing for EV plugins, so electric vehicle plugins, on their builds in major centers? I remember seeing that question. I don't remember seeing any answers in the comments section. Um, I, how much demand? I would say very low, uh, considering the fact that uh, I haven't heard about it. Nobody else has. Um, and isn't it something that you can do like like if you know if somebody buys an electrical vehicle can't they just like there's adapters retrofit that <laughs> no it's it's very simple there's an yeah. you can get an adapter um now like you're i did a little bit of research into it not a lot but you know your basic household outlet um not electrician so whatever i'm just gonna keep it at that um can only get a certain um output of electricity to um uh, to the vehicle. So a certain amount of kilowatts per hour, and that's, you're just limited to that. And then like, if you go to like some gas stations or some parking lots, like Tesla has like their superchargers, which is a little bit faster. Um, but it's just a matter of how much kilowatts can be transferred. Um, and how quickly per hour. And, and that's going to determine how quickly it charges your battery, uh, for your electric vehicles. So um, I'm sure they're working on other solutions, but, um, yeah, that's, but from what I understand, there's, there's an adapter. You can also buy a unit as well that kind of like a supercharged unit that can charge a little bit faster. But from my understanding is that, and, uh, you can normally get whatever, 200, 300, um, kilometers per trip or per battery charge. Um, it's good for people who kind of live in the city that aren't going to be going and driving two to three hours to work. Um, there's more than enough there for you to get to work and to get home from work. And then when you get home, you plug it in in the garage and buy the mar the Marnin. Um, uh, it's it's fully charged. So if you're getting home at four o'clock by six o'clock the next morning, it it'll be fully charged. Um. I was looking into it personally. I wanted to see rather than just like listening to headlines or listening to people's bullshit opinions, I actually wanted to go and look at the facts. And I did, I looked it up because Gabby and I, we don't drive very much. And, um, I was looking at what the cost of maintaining them, uh, her ad, like, you know, like there's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no internal organs. Like it's, it's like, it's Oil a battery and, and like, like there's like, there's no oil. There's no, you know what I mean? Um, it's very clean and there's not much that needs to be, um, replaced or repaired. Um, and, uh, because that there's a little bit of savings, but there's also a lot more increased costs. Like, you know, the battery lasts for a certain amount of time and then you need to replace the whole battery. It's a very big ticket item. So, um, I kind of looked at the cost, you know, comparison for that and also the cost comparison for gas to uh, the cost of electricity to kilowatts. Um, and then obviously the pros and cons of um, charging the vehicle and, and running out of battery, you know what I mean? Those types of things. Um, it, I think it works for certain people um, with certain lifestyles and it will be, a, there's a significant savings in, in gas to electricity. Um, but I mean, if electricity ever goes up I and mean, we will, we'll, we'll definitely feel that as well. And if the, if society starts to switch more to electric vehicles, you can guarantee the cost of electricity will go up with the demand. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's not really anything we can do about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, unless of course you fix your, your, your electricity costs at your house. Um, but the cost to charge at one of those Tesla supercharger things, you know, at the local parking lots definitely got to go up. So, um, yeah, it, it works for certain people, certain, certain lifestyles, but like if, if you're in a very cold climate and you're doing very long drives, it is a little risky. So yeah. Yeah. Lots of comments here saying, um, hybrid makes more sense than our region in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the other things I was looking at is that, you know, with the cold, you know, does it, do, does it drain the battery faster? And, and yes, it does. Um, even just idling. There was lots of stories this past winter. Well, I don't listen to fucking stories. <laughs> know, That's but, why I did my actual research. But there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah and everyone's like oh, fucking they, regret they all got their own opinions because they don't want oil to go away and they like you know no well, what happens if this and the world we need to have hybrid because just bs excuses just to yeah it, whatever your opinion like i it, it's just i was just looking at cost savings it's always looking at like can i save 500 bucks a month just trying to be just trying to save some some didgeridoos um okay so anyways uh demand right now is is low um and i don't think that having an ev plugin would increase um the desirability for your your flip or your new build um unless you live in like i don't know portland or something <laughs> sure <laughs> Don's question uh, with your, I haven't read this yet. Do you want to read it uh, from today? Sure. I'm scrolling, but if you're there uh, with your fix and flip projects, have you noticed a difference in the ARV after repair value with the rising interest rates from when you first bought the house to when the house was finished? What is the average time it took? It takes for you professionals to flip a house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our properties, the ARV went down. Sensitive um, subject on. <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks because uh, most of the properties we bought uh, last year were before July. And um, interest rates started going up in March. And uh, yeah, the, the market was very hot uh, in our markets um, the first half of last year. And people were fighting and over properties and multiple offers and prices went up ridiculously and everyone was complaining and they're saying it's going to be just like Toronto. I'm not going to be able to buy a home and fuck electric vehicles. Those are the news headlines last year. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we, we managed to, to get very creative and lock up a bunch of really good deals and then ARVs went down. Um, not by much. I was going to say, I thought, you know, I don't think that necessarily it was like ARVs dumped, but the buyers were, were scared. So the, like the things that, you know, the, the, the few properties that were selling, um, weren't necessarily like, um, you know, like cr crazy, insanely discounted, but the buyers started slowing down because they were all scared. So it was like, all of a sudden you're sitting on the market for way longer than what we expected to. Right. And I mean, over time, yes, people were like, okay, I can't afford the same price that I used to be able to afford. So they were looking in different price points and, um, people were, did eventually start really lowballing offers. And I feel like to a big extent, um, that's kind of still at, except that the buyers are, are heating up again. Like they're coming out, mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the rate stay and all that kind of stuff. Um, but 100% your question is accurate. Yeah. Um, like she said, it doesn't, it didn't go down very much, but even 10 or $20,000 can make a significant difference on your profit spread when your profit was supposed to be 30 or 50. Yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that sitting on the market longer and the holding costs adding up. For um, private, private money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're at high interest uh, loans uh, for your mortgage, short-term loans, it's, it adds up. So, um, yeah, we did notice about 10, 20, $30,000 in difference. Um, most of our properties sold 25, 10, 20 to $30,000 less than what we expected. Yeah. And, uh, it was quite significant. So, uh, and they sat, uh, we only had one that had two offers. All of them had one offer, which ended up being pretty decent. We, but it was like we were just waiting for the perfect person that who loves the house. And that was all we got. Like, but when you expect, you know, the nicest house in the neighborhood uh, to get multiple offers and then you get one, you know, three months later, four months later, it's like it's really discouraging. So it sucks. There's nothing we can do about it, though. And you focus on the things that you can control. We had the nicest houses in the neighborhoods, in the areas. So thankfully, we were able to sell. But I've... You know, we've got one that um, we just conditionally sold um, a couple of days ago. And uh, we had another house 
that is like the same kind of layout, same size in the same neighborhood um, that went on the market at the same time as ours. And it's about $30,000 more. And uh, that thing's been sitting for almost 200 days. Yeah. And um, yeah, so a lot of people got burned last year. A lot of people, you know, they, they bought in the height, uh, the peak, and uh, and they, they didn't add in enough to, uh, and they maybe maybe a little less experienced and uh, and they got burned. And it's unfortunate, but that's that's the risk of fixing and flipping. We're okay. Gabby and I are fine. Like we can handle it. Um, I've been very cautious about buying anything new because I'm waiting to see what the market's going to do first, uh, and then I'll determine how many properties we want to buy this year and how much of a spread we're going to look at. Um, but it is really dependent on buyer demand. Buyer demand has not gone up as much as I thought it was going to. Um, with that many people holding off on buying houses, I'm, I'm very surprised that there hasn't just been an influx of just people just saying, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I just want to buy a house. Yeah. Keep hearing those rumblings of like, oh, multiple, <clears throat> sorry, multiple offers and, and this and that. But like, um, I think those are on like specific property types because Entry level. in general, um, I'm not seeing anything crazy going on. I don't know about anybody else. Um, and I'm talking about here in Edmonton. Um, yeah. So yeah. And that says yes, entry level. Yeah. For sure. What's well, an affordability thing? A lot of people, most households got priced out of, um, priced out of what they wanted to buy before with the increase in interest rates. Mm -hmm. Ah, funny thing, funny story. Um, I was looking for a podcast for someone yesterday. Someone was asking about a podcast and I was trying to find it. And um, I couldn't find it. But while I was going through, I was looking at older podcasts back in November of 2021. And you guys are going to see a post today. So if you see me do a post on Facebook or Instagram, um, and it's a podcast recording, go and have a listen to it. Go and, and if, if you got the time today, Go and listen to the episode from November 24th of 2021. I sound like a fucking genius. <laughs> People are going to start calling me the Oracle. This was three months before the first interest rate change came out. And guess what we were talking about? We were talking about, hey, you guys have been spoiled for a very long time with these low 2.5% interest rates. There's lots of rumblings and chatter about interest rates going back up. You guys really need to get on, like, like think about this and be very conscious of these properties that you're buying with these performas. Make sure you're factoring in the stress test. Make sure you're running your numbers to see if it will work at a 5% interest rate. And I said, within two to three years, you watch, interest rates could be back up to 5%. I, and I literally called it. I called it perfectly. And, um, and Gabby made a recommendation that it might be worth, even if you've got one year left on your fixed term, might be worth calling the bank and saying, hey, what's my penalty if I end my term right now and then I start a new five-year fixed term? Because you don't want to wait another year until your mortgage re renewal comes up in November of 2022 because by then the interest rates might be too high. So is it better to pay the penalty now for canceling your mortgage early are you going to be saving more money by doing that today on November 24th, 2021, as opposed to waiting until the end of your mortgage term? And she was right. I was going to say, did we take that advice? <laughs> because the interest rate went up by a ton by November. I, I let's, let's check this out. Let's see what the, um, see how much it went up between March and November. Okay, 0 0.25, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 
so bad. 3.5% between March and November. So yeah, if you were listening to us back in uh, November of 2021, um, hopefully you made the decision to lock in for five years. I wish we did on our adjustable, man. We were riding it. Nobody. Well, it, it's funny when you listen to the podcast, we were talking about they will never go up by more than 0.25% in one quarter. Mm-hmm. And that was the discussion for a very long time. That was what every mortgage broker said. That's what every investor said. That's what I said. It's because it, historically they have never gone up. They will never go up more than 0.25% in one quarter. And in three quarters, they went up by 3.5% there. So what we were saying was, worst case scenario, in the next year, it will never go up more than 1%. So if you lock in now, what's the cost of the penalty to cancel your existing term, get a five-year term, and then compare that to the cost of, you know, waiting until November the following year and having it 1% higher? Yep. Math. Do the math, baby. I, like <laughs> nobody, nobody knew that that was coming. No. I mean, a few people had like, had, like everyone was saying interest rates are going up. They're going to go back up. We've been historically low for a long time. They did it because of the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. Um, but just know that like, I mean, we're not psychic, you know, <laughs> um, but it was very interesting to listen to that podcast before it all happened based off the information we had. Well, and I think also just the insights on it of like, you know, strategies that could have been implemented and knowing that these things could be coming down the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glenn says, uh, oh my God, I remember you saying that. <laughs> of course, Glenn does. <laughs> Glenn remembers everything. <laughs> it is funny. Like when I was, I was scrolling through all the episodes, I'm like, wow, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, I do remember that episode. There's hundreds of hours. It's, it's, it's so hard to, yeah. Um, I got to do, I, I try and do my best at, um, at titling the episodes to make sure that it's easy for people to go back and listen to things. Cause there's so much great information back in 2021 on the podcast, but like, it's almost like it's just gone now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's the crappy thing about content. You create it and then it just, it's, it's, disappears. it disappears. It's <laughs> no longer relevant, but there's some really good stuff back there. Um, Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Robin had something as well. You're saying, uh, yeah, he's a few days ago. He wanted to talk about the Newfoundland uh, rent increases, and he said he's available to call in today if we have time. Let's for hear him. it. Yeah, call in, buddy. Can you invite him in, uh, or he needs to request it? He can request, or I can find him. Good morning. Oh, we can't hear Ooh, you. That's not going to work. Super quiet. Oh, no. You're like a whisper in my ear. No, you're, no one's going to be able to hear you. <laughs> oh, God, that sucks. Do you, do you have headphones or are you on headphones? I'm on headphones, yeah. Should I try to switch to the phone itself? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, give it a shot. Put your mouth right up to the mic. Eat it. <laughs> Hello? Nope. Ooh, it's not going to work. Nope. No dice. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, um, if you want to type it out in the comments, we can read it. Um, or, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be the only <laughs> options. Uh, you Google how to clean my microphone on my phone. Um, sometimes uh, a lot of people, they... Um, they don't realize how much gunk is, is crammed in there. And uh, that's another solution as well, I learned. But Gabby's looking at the bottom of her phone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, if you want to maybe try again on Monday, um, see if you can clean the microphone. and um, Or you can type it in the comments or send us an email at info at reimorningshow.com and, uh, and let us know the details of it and we can read it off. But that that is one... Um, it's one negative to having the live show is that uh, the platform for the live show that we that we use is just not always user friendly for people to call in. Mm-hmm. And when people call in, their audio is always way off from our audio. Yeah. And Barry, for example, like we can have Keaton call in, 
Keaton calls in and uh, Randall calls in. Like it's, it's perfect. Like it's, we're a little bit louder than they are, but it's not too overwhelming on the recordings, but like Barry calls in and we can barely hear him. And I have to spend like an hour going through the audio and adjusting it. Um, and, uh, you know, just another example of like, you know, Robin here too, like it's extremely quiet. So it's one of the downsides to doing the live show. Um, obviously we would have much better quality if we did recorded podcasts, we could adjust the audio. We can make it sound deep and very podcast, <laughs> um, sound friendly, but, uh, Unfortunately, we don't have that. And I think that the value of the live show and answering your questions far outweighs the the, the, the value of um, crisper, deeper podcast audio. Got good microphones, though. Spent a lot of money on the setup. I was going to say there's a difference between our audio and somebody calling in on a phone because we're talking into podcast mics. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, this stupid platform only allows people to call in with their phones. Yeah. Instead of like being like, I can't invite people over on their computer. Computer, yeah. Which is just stupid. <laughs> Don't worry. I've, I've told them. Um, but they, they built this, they built this platform for like um, church sermons during the, uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, did they actually, I know that when we joined, that's all that there was like to see how it's changed in the year and a half is like crazy. Like when we first started in the fall of 2021, you'd go on there and there was literally church sermons and the REI morning show. Like yeah. that was it. And now it's like an insane amount of different stuff. Like, yeah, you click on it and it's like, uh, let's make a rom-com and like <laughs> all this weird random topics i mean they have it advertised as i mean it's called pod bean i mean is the best podcast app podcast player and audio live stream app um yeah they have it as a live podcast um application but um it's not very user-friendly for guests though yeah, yeah. oh well way she goes way she goes do we have um, any other questions no no. Wah, wah. Uh, it's Friday though. And um, as is tradition, I need to remind you how pathetic you are. <laughs> if I can be honest with you all, you haven't been very receptive to my challenges every week. I come back on Monday and I'm rather disappointed. Jeff is the only one that's taken me up on an offer before to actually go and do something different to, 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 to make an impact on his journey and on his life. Everyone else is here just for the show and the entertainment and the duck sounds. <laughs> Taking massive action is not just a cool thing to say. Or a cool thing to hear. It is actually real. There's a reason why everyone says it. There's a reason why people ha do it. The people that do do it have the most results and success. You have to do big fucking massive things in order to get ahead. In order to shake things up. If you continue on the same path, the same trajectory, and the same fucking velocity that you have been using, you will get the same fucking results. If you continue on the same path, on the same journey, with the same velocity, you will get the same fucking results. Plain and simple. You need to do big fucking massive things in order to get big fucking massive results. Switch it up. Change it up. Push harder. Make yourself uncomfortable. Newsflash, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations will not be comfortable. So if you don't like the feeling of it, that's then you're probably doing something right. On the right path. I'm not saying in the moment you're going to feel good about it. I'm not saying that like, I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable position today. Okay, this feels good. No, it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel fucking terrible. 
you will feel better about it afterwards. The reward comes afterwards. It does not come during. Afterwards, you're going to feel much better about it that you did it. You're going to feel accomplished. You're going to feel grateful. You're going to notice changes. You're going to notice results. That's when you start feeling good about it. And then you got to go do it again. And I promise you, being in uncomfortable situations, putting yourself in that in that spot is not going to feel comfortable in the moment. But understand, understand that afterwards you will be grateful. There's no five-step formulas here. There's no six pillars of success. There's no easy-to-read spreadsheet or calculator. It's just hard fucking work. You need to be you need to be so unsatisfied with yourself and willing to do hard things in order to, to succeed. It, it's, it's that simple. Like it's, if you're looking for an easy route, if you're looking for an easier path, if you're looking for someone who says it in a different way, it makes you feel better, it's not going to work. There is no easy fucking route to it. You have to take massive action. And I will, I'll just say one more thing. It's, it's fairly hard to do unless you're extremely unhappy with yourself or unhappy with your surroundings or your circumstances. You have to be angry. You have to say, fuck it. I've never met someone who was satisfied with their life that took massive action and changed it up. It's always in a fucking rock bottom moment. Someone says something to you. Someone calls you fat and you're like, I don't ever want to fucking deal with that again. No one's going to call me fat ever again. Or you get laid off or your hours are reduced to 10 hours because some stupid fucking pandemic comes in and, and ruins everything and you can't make your mortgage payments and your credit rating goes down and then you come up for a mortgage renewal and they say, unfortunately, we're not going to be renewing your mortgage because you missed all those payments. And you're going to say to yourself, I don't ever want, like, why, why the, why is the government in control of my livelihood? Why is my employer get to tell me that I can't come to work and I only get 25% of my hours? I'm never going to let that happen again. Those are the feelings. That's, that's, that's the, that's what needs to happen in order for you to actually take massive action. So I want you to be real with yourself and ask yourself, are you satisfied with what you have? I'm telling you, I'm reminding you that you're pathetic because I'm trying to get you to look at the actual real facts, the real, what's really going on, not focusing on the good things. I'm really just like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it at risk of you not liking me. I'm saying it for you to be real with yourself, to remember why you started looking into real estate investing, why you looked into, you know, creating your own business, why you looked into, why you said you wanted to take your life in, into your own hands and, and make something better. I'm trying to remind you of that feeling when you first made that decision, when you took massive action and then you got comfortable again. So I'm trying to get you back to that moment where you decided that you were going to change your life and I want you to stay in that. I want you to be angry at yourself. I want you to be angry at the government. I want you to be angry at everything because it's that feeling, it's that emotion that will get you, that will push you to do the things that you need to do that are uncomfortable. You said you were going to do a lot of things and you didn't. And it's fucking pathetic. We are all pathetic because we say we're going to do things and we don't do it. You should be angry at yourself in a healthy way. I want you guys to be healthy as well. Don't, don't overhate yourself. Find that happy balance. But I get mad at myself a lot when I say I'm going to do things and I didn't do them. I'm like, what the fuck happened, dude? You said you're going to do it. Why didn't you do it? So get an accountability partner, get someone who's going to push you, not your best friend, not your wife, get someone who is just as ambitious and, and wants it as much as you do and get them to be fucking honest with you because you're doing a terrible job holding yourself accountable. We're all terrible at holding ourselves accountable because if we were really good at holding ourselves accountable to the lives that we wanted to live and the decisions that we make, we would be much further. There would be more demand for working class individuals. There would. There would be 
a ridiculous amount of demand for working class minimum wage individuals if we all had the ability to hold ourselves accountable. But we don't. We're lazy. We take the easy path. We take the job that our dad gave us or our friend's friend got us in at. We always take the easy path. And then later on in life, we're like, oh, I really wish I would have done that. So look in the mirror this weekend. Look back to why it was that you originally decided to do this. And ask yourself, why the fuck didn't you actually do it? And then go do whatever it needs, whatever you need to do, whatever it takes in order to get to what you, what life you want to live. You got all weekend to think about it. You got all weekend to, to get mad about it. Don't wait till Monday to take action. Start taking action immediately. Saturday morning, Saturday night, whatever it takes. But take massive action. Have a great Friday, everybody. Wayne, I'll see you on Saturday at uh, the Wholesaling Course. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.